Tidal volume, minute volume, and alveolar volume. Tidal volume is the amount of air that moves in or out of the lungs with each respiratory cycle. It measures around 500 milliliters in an average healthy adult male and approximately 400 milliliters in a healthy female. It is a vital clinical parameter that allows for proper ventilation to take place. When a person breathes in oxygen from the surrounding atmosphere, it enters the lungs. It then diffuses across the alveolar capillary device interface to reach arterial blood. At the same time, carbon dioxide continuously forms as the metabolism takes place. Expiration occurs to expel carbon dioxide and prevent it from accumulating in the body. The volume of inspired and, ex and ex ex inspired air help that helps keep oxygen and carbon dioxide levels stable in the blood is what physiology refers to as tidal volume. Issues of concern. Tidal volume is vital when it comes to setting up the ventilator in critically ill patients. The goal is to deliver tidal volume large enough to maintain adequate ventilation, but small enough to prevent lung trauma. Initially, mechanical ventilation involved delivering tidal volumes of 10 milliliters per kilogram of ideal body weight or higher. The rationale was to reduce hypoxemia, prevent airway closure, and increase functional residual capacity. However, ventilation with large tidal volumes causes volume trauma due to alveolar Dist over distension and repetitive opening of the coll collapsed alveoli. The result is the initiation of inflammatory cascade characterized by increased lung permeability, pulmonary edema, alteration of surfactant, and production of cytokines that injure the lungs. It wasn't until 1974 that Webb and Tierney described this phenomenon called volutrauma when they demonstrated pulmonary edema in rats after exposure to high inflation pressures. Lung injury during mechanical ventilation can be caused by ventilating with large tidal volumes in healthy lungs, though also with small tidal volumes in injured lungs. Ventilation with large tidal volumes might as well cause barotrauma, a condition characterized by alveolar rupture and subsequent accumulation of air in the pleural cavity or mediastinum. The mechanically ventilated patients monitoring plateau pressure is a reliable way to predict the risk of barotrauma. Plateau pressure is pressure imposed on the small airway and alveoli during mechanical ventilation. It mainly depends on the compliance and tidal volume. As compliance decreases, plateau pressure increases, and so does the risk of barotrauma. Therefore, an increase in plateau pressure necessitates lowering the tidal volume to decrease the risk of alveolar rupture. Due to continuing research in lung protective mechanical ventilation, using tidal volumes of 6 milliliters per kilogram of predicted body weight is the common practice these days. Organ systems involved. The lungs are responsible for delivering tidal volume capable of maintaining adequate ventilation. However, producing precise tidal volumes relies on complex coordination between respiratory center of the brain and the muscles of respiration. The respiratory pacemaker in the brainstem determines the rate and depth at which the breathing occurs. In response to changes in blood oxygen and carbon dioxide level, central and peripheral chemoreceptors send information to the brainstem to modulate the pacemaker's firing rate and pattern. The diaphragm and other inspiratory muscles respond by altering tidal volume and respiratory rate. The aim is to maintain adequate levels of oxygen and carbon dioxide in the blood. During exercise, for example, oxygen consumption increases and carbon dioxide accumulates. As a result, respiratory rate and tidal volume rise to meet the increasing demand. Function 
Functionally, the respiratory tract consists of the, of the conducting airways extending from the nose down to the terminal bronchioles and the gas exchanging airways, which extend from the respiratory bronchioles to the alveoli within the lungs. Dead space refers to the portions of the lungs that fill with air but, not, but do not participate in gas exchange. The primary determinant of dead space is the anatomical dead space, which refers to air in the conducting airways. Alveolar dead space, on the other hand, refers to alveoli that fill with air but do not participate in gas exchange. It constitutes a minor contributor to dead space. Together, the anatomical and alveolar dead space from the physiological dead space, which represents the total amount of air in the lungs that does not participate in gas exchange. Tidal volume is essentially every breath a person takes. It is one of the main determinants of minute ventilation and, alve and alveolar ventilation. Minute ventilation, also known as total ventilation, is a measurement of the amount of air that enters the lungs per minute. It is the product of respiratory rate and tidal volume. Alveolar ventilation, on the other hand, takes physiologic dead space into account. It represents the volume of air that reaches the respiratory zone per minute. Minute ventilation equals respiratory rate times tidal volume. Alveolar ventilation equals respiratory rate times tidal volume minus dead space. Since alveolar ventilation considers dead space, it represents actual ventilation. Generally, there is an equal contribution from tidal volume and respiratory rate to minute ventilation. In other words, doubling either, uh, either of them produces the same increase in minute ventilation. When it comes to alveolar ventilation, though, increasing tidal volume is more is more efficient way than increasing respiratory rate. As such, doubling tidal volume improves alveolar ventilation more than doubling the respiratory rate does. The concept proves relevant when it comes to uh, two patients with hypercapnia. Hypercapnia produces a respiratory pattern characterized by relatively larger increase in tidal volume than the respiratory rate to minimize dead space ventilation. In other words, hypercapnic patients compensate by taking slow deep breaths to optimize CO2 elimination. The only way to minimize dead space ventilation is to increase the tidal volume of air that reaches the respiratory zone, which can only be done by increasing the tidal volume. Mechanism. Air moves in and out of the lungs through movements of the diaphragm and the chest wall. The diaphragm is the primary muscle of inspiration and is the one that contributes the most to tidal volumes. When the diaphragm contracts, the thoracic cavity expands vertically. As a result, intrapleural pressure decreases from negative 5 centimeters of water pressure to around negative 8 centimeters of water pressure. Since the lungs are connected to the chest via the pleura, the negative intrapleural pressure in the lungs towards the chest wall leading to an increase in lung volume. As lung volume increases, pressure decreases as per Boyle's law. The result, resulting sub-atmospheric intra-alveolar pressure then draws air into the alveoli based on the pressure difference. Once the pressure is equalized, a tidal volume of approximately 500 milliliters is delivered. In contrast, expiration is generally a passive process that occurs due to the lung's elastic properties since the diaphragm relaxes. Relaxation in the diaphragm causes the rib cage to move closer to the lungs, leading to an increase in intrapleural pressure back to negative 5 centimeters of water pressure. As a result, lung volume decreases and pressure becomes higher than atmospheric pressure. This forces air out of the lungs as per pressure difference and the lungs get back to their resting state. Tidal volume during sleep. Sleep alters respiratory physiology in various ways. REM sleep in particular is the sleep phase with the highest degree of breathing irregularity, both in frequency and respiratory rate. During REM, almost all body muscles, including the respiratory muscles, become hypotonic, except for the diaphragm. Therefore, a person relies on the diaphragm to maintain adequate tidal volume during REM. 
Additionally, respiratory response to hypoxic and hypercapnic stimuli decrease, not to mention the decreased central respiratory drive, which, along with the accessory muscle paralysis, might lead to slight decrease in tidal volume and minute ventilation. The change is usually not prominent in healthy individuals, but becomes prominent in patients with pre-existing respiratory disease. Related testing. Physiologically, lung volumes can either be dynamic or static. Dynamic lung volumes are, by definition, dependent on airflow rate. In contrast, static lung volumes are not affected by the flow velocity. A variety of lung pathologies induce changes in lung volumes. Therefore, pulmonary function testing provides invaluable diagnostic information since it helps measure various lung volumes and capacities. Spirometry is a crucial test used by pulmonologists to diagnose restrictive and obstructive pulmonary diseases. It measures how air flows in and out of the lungs and records several lung volumes and lung capacities. During spirometry, the patient takes a normal breath followed by a full inhalation, a maximum forced exhalation, and then another tidal volume breath. Tidal volume is a static lung volume that, along with other static and dynamic lung volumes, is important for the diagnosis of patients with obstructive and restrictive lung diseases. Spirometry records tidal volume and while the patient breathes quietly. In healthy adults, it measures approximately 7 milliliters per kilogram of ideal body weight. In an average healthy adult, 500 milliliters enters the lung with each tidal breath, of which only 350 milliliters reaches the respiratory zone since dead space measures approximately 150 milliliters. Clinical significance. Restrictive lung diseases. Restrictive lung diseases are a group of chronic pulmonary conditions characterized by the inability of the lungs to fully expand, owing the problem to the lungs themselves or the structures surrounding them. Interstitial lung disease, such as idiopathic pulmonary fibrosis or asbestosis, causes progressive fibrosis of the lung tissue. As such, they represent an intrinsic lung pathology that leads to a restrictive physiology due to increased stiffness and decreased compliance. Morbid obesity and sarcoidosis are examples of extrinsic problems that cause restriction by limiting chest wall expansion. In restrictive lung disease, the patient adapts to a breathing pattern of rapid, shallow breaths to minimize the work of breathing. Obstructive lung diseases. The hallmark of obstructive lung disease is difficulty expelling air out of the lungs due to progressive air air airway narrowing. Chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and asthma are the two typical examples of obstructive lung disease. Asthma is a reversible condition characterized by airway hyperresponsiveness to various stimuli. It causes episodes of excessive mucus production, bronchoconstriction, and airway narrowing. On the other hand, COPD is an irreversible chronic inflammatory process that leads to a gradual reduction in the lumen of the conducting airways. As the condition progresses, air trapping ensues, leading to lung hyperinflation. Since the problem in obstructive lung disease is expiratory, breathing with higher tidal volumes helps overcome airway resistance. Therefore, patients require a breathing pattern of deep, slow breaths to minimize their work of breathing. Mechanical ventilation. Acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS, is a condition characterized by widespread inflammation of the lungs following an inciting pulmonary or extrapulmonary event. ARDS usually causes hypo hypoxemic respiratory failure or critically low arterial oxygen tension, necessitating mechanical ventilation. Patients with ARDS already have injured lungs, and mechanical ventilation would follow a lung protective strategy. In other terms, tidal volume should be kept as low as possible to prevent volume trauma 
and barotrauma. The problem with ARDS is the pulmonary edema and distal airway collapse decrease the surface area of the aerated lungs. Therefore, ventilation with large or even regular tidal volumes may cause hyperinflation of the healthy aerated portion of the lungs since air does not reach the already collapsed airways. As a result, alveolar overdistension and lung injury might occur. Generally, lung protective strategies in patients with ARDS involve administering tidal volumes of approximately 6 to 8 milliliters per kilogram of ideal body weight. Neuromuscular disease. Neuromuscular diseases refer to a group of disorders characterized by progressive muscle weakness due to problems in the muscles themselves or the nerves that supply them. Patients with neuromuscular diseases eventually develop respiratory muscle weakness. The diaphragm is the primary muscle of inspiration and the one most commonly affected in neuromuscular diseases. Patients with a weak diaphragm rely on their muscles of inspiration, such as the external intercostals, to maintain adequate tidal volume. During REM sleep, there are generalized hyper hypotonia of all respiratory muscles except for the diaphragm, and a healthy person becomes diaphragm-dependent. In patients with neuromuscular diseases, dyspnea becomes prominent at night due to diaphragmatic weakness. Nocturnal REM-related hypoventilation is one of the earliest signs of respiratory muscle involvement in, the, in neuromuscular disease. As the disease progresses, daytime symptoms become prominent and patients rely on breathing patterns similar to the ones seen in other restrictive lung diseases such as shallow or rapid breathing.